0: Goals might be fine for the level that you're on right now, but for the level that God wants to take you in your life, you need a strategy. 8247 Manifestation. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the Word. <clears throat> Amen. I'm honored to be before you today in the absence of our pastor, but we are of one spirit, so I do believe that it will be in line with what God is telling him in this hour. And Actually, God gave me the title for this message today when I was sitting in the pulpit here a few Sundays back, and I took out my old program and wrote it on the back of it, and within 10 minutes, pastor got up and confirmed that word, and he just gave me one word as a title today, but even though it's just one word, how many even know that God can speak one word into your life that can change your whole situation, that he doesn't have to use an hour lecturing. He can speak in one word sometimes what you can't get in four years of school. That's the type of God that we serve. And that one word was the word manifestation, manifestation. A few minutes after he gave me that word and after I wrote it on the back of my program, pastor stood at this very same pulpit and he said that the Lord told me that the word for this season is manifestation. We'd not talked about it prior to that, and he didn't know I had written it down. He wasn't peeping on my paper like some of you all used to do on test in <laughs> school. <laughs> your neighbor? But after church, I had to show him my paper. I said, "God dropped the same thing into my spirit yeah. 10 minutes before. You said, and then the Bible says that he'll confirm his word in the mouths of two or three witnesses. So when I heard God speak it through pastor, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that it was the word for this season. And God didn't send me with a new word for your life today. He sent me with a word to help you manifest what has already been spoken over your life. Let me see the hands of those that God has already spoken a word either directly through you or prophetically or through a dream about a next level of your life. And you at this point, you're believing it, but you're just waiting on the manifestation in the material realm. Amen. And as you notice, I raise my hand as well because I'm not just preaching to you today, but this message is just as much for me. And God has been repeatedly speaking to Pastor and I about the next level that he wants to take us to. But he said that first, before he takes us to that next level, that he has to work on some things within us and get some things ready. Because he said if he dropped it in our laps right now, that we would actually get worse. So we want God to do it in his timing. So we are in the same condition as You are, when I deliver this word, this is a word for myself just as well. And I want to give you three keys from a parable of Jesus that you're all familiar with that will help you to manifest that which has been spoken over your life to bring it into fulfillment into your life. Very familiar passage of Scripture, Matthew chapter 25, starting at verse 14. It reads, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee, that thou art a hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not straw. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reaped where I sowed not, and gather where I have not strong. Thou artest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which has ten talents." And my mother, she's 84 years young, and she's walked with God a long time had a prayer partner for about 30 years where they would get up in the morning and pray together 6 a.m. and just walk with God a long time. And out of her entire 84 years, the time that she has heard God the loudest in her entire life, most of the time he'll speak in an auction or a still small voice or drop something in her spirit, but The one time that she can recall out of those entire 84 years that has been the absolute loudest was one time in her 70s when after she had raised her six sons and after she had retired from the business, she walked into her bedroom one day and it wasn't a still small voice. It was a booming voice that filled her entire room and entire being. And the voice asked her, what have you done with the talents that I've given you? And this shook my mother because she thought she had finished doing all that God wanted her to do in this life. After all, she had retired. After all, her children were grown. Grandchildren were being raised. But this question shook her to her core. Since that time, she's written three books. And she's taken speaking engagements all over that she otherwise would not have taken in her retirement. In this parable by Jesus, one man lost what he had. One man manifested double increase on what he was given. And the other manifested over double increase. And even though the talents in this parable were a form of money back in that day, they can represent anything of value in your life that God has given you that you want to increase. So as you hear this message, don't just apply it to money. But anything of value, any gift, any talent that he's placed in you to do anything, this message will allow increase to come into your life on that very thing. I want to give you three keys from this parable of Jesus for lasting manifestation. Reading verse 25, that servant that lost that one talent. He said, I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Key number one is you must have faith. You must have faith. Verse 27 there says, Thou artest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Key number two is you need a strategy. You need a strategy. And in verses 21 and 23, he called both of the two that double their money good and faithful servants. Key number three is you need faithfulness. Faithfulness. Now I'm going to unpack all three of these keys so it'll really bring it home to you and you'll be able to apply them to your very life to get manifestation and increase in your own life. Started with key number one, faith. And faith going to define as us trusting that God will do what he said he will do. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You can't even please God without faith. Amen. And how can God use you to do something in your life that you're not currently capable of if you don't believe him at his word that he'll do it. And faith is of the utmost importance and utmost need of that thing that you need to have first. You've got to believe that what God said he will do. And I'm going to spend, even though it's the utmost importance, I'm going to spend the least amount of time in this message dealing with it because Christians in general, out of these three keys, have been taught the most teaching on faith. Moving on to key number two, that of strategy. I'm going to define strategy as a plan of action that makes success easier. A plan of action that makes success easier. Goals might be fine for the level that you're on right now, but for the level that God wants to take you in your life, you need a strategy. You need a strategy. And in verse 27, he said, you should have put your money with the exchangers. That was the strategy that he demonstrated there. In modern days, the modern equivalent To the money exchanges in that day would be the stock exchange today or exchanges at the bank. Putting your money in the stock market, just the S&P index, not any individual stock, but just the index, would have doubled your money in the last five years in this current economy. And God gave me a strategy even on Thanksgiving Day, this past Thanksgiving. I put some money in a cryptocurrency, which is something similar to Bitcoin. And already, I checked yesterday, it had already doubled since Thanksgiving. The strategy of how you use what God has given you will determine your rate of return. You need a strategy to get where God wants to take you. And sometimes we feel like we don't have enough resources, but I'm here to tell you that we serve a Heavenly Father who has cattle on a thousand hills, and the earth is His, and the fullness thereof. And how many of you know that We serve a strategic God that uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. He used his servant Joshua in the Bible with a foolish strategy that seemed foolish to men to walk around the walls of Jericho and have the people shut up their mouths. And on that last day, he had them to shout out and blow horns. And it brought down these walls that made no sense of how walking around these walls are going to do anything in a military battle. He used his servant, David, took what appeared to be foolish, a little boy, gave him a foolish slingshot as a military weapon against a giant, a hero of a nation. Gave him five smooth stones that made no sense to all of the military commanders. And he used this foolish strategy to bring down the giant Goliath. He used a woman named Jael in the Bible, a woman of no reputation, gave her what was in her hands, just a foolish tent peg, a foolish hammer. And he used it to slay an army commander named Sisera as he slept. She hammered that tent peg through the general's temple and killed him, won the battle off of a foolish strategy. In the book of Judges he used A man by the name of Shamgar that most people don't even know. But he used him right in the field using what was in his hand. A cattle prod used him to slay 600 men with a foolish cattle prod. An ox go. God can use that which appears foolish to man to confound the wise and do great things. God doesn't care how many resources you start with. He cares about your faith. He cares about you seeking and trusting him for the strategy and how faithful you are with carrying out the strategy that he has given you. Moving on to key number three, that of faithfulness. Faith I defined earlier as how much we trust God. Faithfulness, on the other hand, is the extent that God can trust us. Faith is how much we trust God, but faithfulness Is how much he can trust us. And even in human relationships, trust is built by doing what you say you will do. Many marriages today are torn up because one or both spouses, they were unfaithful. Unfaithfulness is the number two cause of divorce in this nation. And my son, we were riding in the car one day and he told me and we was talking about some things that was going on in his school and he was talking about how they were raised different than a lot of the other kids. And he said, Daddy, when I really analyzed it, he said that it really just wasn't what you taught us. It wasn't just the strategies and the things that we do and the principles that you gave us. He said that If one time that you would have told me that if I do this and you would give me that or I would be rewarded this, if you'd not honored your word, I would not have trusted you and I wouldn't be doing all of the things that I do now. If one time you told me not to curse and I heard you cursing around the house, if one time you showed me how to control my temper and I saw you flaring up with mama, I would none of the principles that you taught would have worked. I would have been doing what all of my friends were doing. The peer pressure would have... Been too much, but because, Daddy, I saw you doing what you told me, then I'm able to stand up to my friends who may be doing something different. And it really struck me, and I really had not realized the impact of what I displayed before their eyes. So we have to be careful of what we demonstrate, not just what we say in the midst of our children. Faithfulness is what they're looking at, not what is said, but what is done. And my children will testify that I told them that I'm not a respecter of birth order nor gender with them. I told them that I'm going to promote them based upon those that I can trust and have proven diligent over the course of time. And when it's time for me to turn things over one by one or invest extra resources in them, I'm going to look at their track record of faithfulness on how faithful and diligent they have been. And even though my father was a president of a company, he wouldn't let his children start off in the office. He made us start by sweeping the floors. And after we were faithful at that, we could move on to putting stickers on jars. And after we were faithful with that, we could move on to the assembly line. After we were faithful with that, we could move on to the shipping department. Then and only then, after we were faithful in all of these things, could we move on to the office environment. My father understood that even though we had faith in the strength of the business, the business needed our faithfulness to continue to be strong. And Bishop T.D. Jakes, he spoke at my brother Bishop Dale's church last month, and one of the things that I heard him say that struck me, he said that he's seen God make a lot of things. He said he's seen him make all of the stars and planets out in the universe. He's seen him make the sun, moon, and stars, and he's seen him make man and Seen him make animals and flowers. And he said out of all the things in his life that he's seen God the creator make, he said, I've never seen him make furniture. He said God made trees, but he gave us the responsibility to turn them into furniture with the giftings that he's given us. Faithfulness, faithfulness. And many of you may be going through struggles right now wondering why God doesn't make this thing easier to accomplish in my life, especially if it's something that he's led you to do. But when you go to become a personal trainer, Ringo will tell you here that one of the things and principles that they teach you when you're building your clients' bodies up is a principle called overload. And overload is where you put a weight on them that is outside of their comfort zone, that whatever they're used to, whatever they're comfortable with, you got to boost it up a little bit, where it strains the muscles. And overnight and over time, as the muscles repair, they will become stronger and stronger and stronger because of this overload principle. Some of you, God has had to put some things into your life to strain you, even when you didn't understand it, to overload you, so that the level that he wants to take you to, that when you get there, your muscles are strong enough. Some of you didn't understand why. Some crazy folk had to be put in your workplace, put in your family. But he had to overload your love muscles so that you'll be able to handle certain types of people. Some of you may not have understood why you went to the doctor and got a bad report. He had to overload your faith muscles so that when great things came up, your faith muscles would be strong enough. Some of you may be faced with temptations that you might not understand why you're in the midst of This type of level of temptation. He had to overload your muscles of self-control so that you'll be able to handle more at a higher level. Some of you may be under financial strain and wondering why it's so hard to make ends meet. He has to overload sometimes your financial muscles in order to build peace muscles in your life. Overload. And we serve an unlimited God But our capacity to properly manage blessings is limited. Let me repeat that. We serve an unlimited God, but our personal capacities to properly manage levels of blessings is limited based upon our development. And ask yourself, how much can I hold before it becomes destructive to my marriage, to my family? How much can I hold before it becomes destructive to my health? How much can I hold before it becomes destructive to my humility, my pride? How much can I hold before it becomes destructive to my holiness? How much can I hold before it becomes destructive to my relationship with God? And we just finished last month, many of the leaders here, the capacity conference at Word of Faith. And that conference was designed to increase your capacity. And there was a story of a guy that was on the shore fishing and he was throwing his rod out and he had a friend that come up and he was watching this friend fish and throwing out his rod and he began to catch fish and he would take them off the hook and put him in this bucket and he would continue to fish and over the hours he began to catch one after another and he would reel it in and put it in his bucket. Later in the day as he was fishing, He began to struggle all of a sudden, and his rod began to bend, and he poured in this fish. And this fish was much larger than the others that he had been catching. And his friend got happy. He said, oh, we're going to eat good tonight. I like the look of that one there. And he saw his friend, unlike what he'd done with these other fish. He took this big fish, and he threw it back into the lake. And his friend said, what in the world are you doing? That was the best fish all day, why in the world did you throw that fish back? And his friend said, Because I only have a nine inch <laughs> frying pan. <laughs> and I've come to tell you today, God has sent me your way to tell you for some of the things that God wants to bring into your life, you got to get a bigger frying pan, <laughs> you got to up your capacity of what He wants to take you. You might not know some things right now for where God wants to take you. You've got to start reading and increase the capacity of your mind. Amen. The circle of people that you hang around right now. It might only be able to hold nine inches of fish. You've got to expand your circle and begin to learn some new people and talk to some different type and level of mentors. You may have to do some things outside of your comfort zone To be able to get you a larger capacity and get you a larger pan to be able to accommodate that which God wants to bring into your life. So he sent me today just to tell you to increase your capacity that you'll be able to properly handle the blessings that God wants to bring into your life. I thank you today for joining us at Brothers of the Word. If you've heard this message today, I want you to increase your capacity to combine that of faith, that of strategy, and that of faithfulness to prepare for the blessings that God wants to bring into your life. You can go to brothersoftheword.com, send this message to a friend absolutely free. We thank you for joining us today because, brother, you need the word. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was the message titled Manifestation by James Proner. This message is number 8247. That's 8247 to listen to over a thousand free messages or to send this message number 8247 to a friend. Go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to Iwanttogive.com. That's Iwanttogive.com. Listen to brothers of the word.com often because, brother, you need the word. Brothers of the word.